0: October 9, 2020, it's a lot from Pedro's show. Not for Peter Show, Happy Monday. Uh, last, m- no, it ain't. It's fucking Friday. <laughs> Space. What's the, the day? Quentin, Quentin Quarantino mode has got me spacing. <laughs> We're in Friday because th- this is a show that I just got together. People, I'm very fortunate to have with me uh, from Glendale, Sprain, at the last minute, the flenser Cat. What's his name, the boss there? He he said, yeah, you want to talk with him? And I said, fuck yeah. Because uh, I had played some of your music. What's it called? Slant? A tune called oh, Slant. And then, you know, the way things happen, fuck. And even though we were both SoCal music people, haven't got to share a stage with you yet. Anyway, I should tell the people we started off with, because uh, the listeners probably don't know who the fuck I'm... I'm talking to April and Alex of spraying. And uh, we started to show off with Thole from John Coltrane and then true Norwegian black metal. love that title. You wouldn't want any of the fake shit, right? Uh, <laughs> like when your mob, like rents a helicopter to break you out of prison. Cause you killed the bass player. Oh, you're the bass. Huh, April? Yeah. Okay. Don't, cool. don't do that. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that story about some band? The Cookie Monster bands, right? Uh, well, the singers sound like Cookie Monsters. Black Black Metal—that's what it's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: are you talking about Mayhem?
0: Maybe it is. I I thought it was uh, a Norwegian name, but maybe you're right. I don't know. But the guy's ma got put in jail for trying to break him out or something.
1: Oh, that I didn't know
0: that about that. Movie. Yeah, the guy. There was some beef in the band, so they had to kill the. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it seems like Norwegian bands have a. The thing about killing their band members, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Odin tradition or something, but yeah. not all. There's a lot of fucking uh, cool music out there and good people. Yeah, and shit. totally great people. Yeah, I, I played there on the east side with the Oslo and in the west side with the Bergen. And uh, in fact, my most north gig was in Tromso, but uh, I think it's got the most north university. Like it never got dark. It was in the summertime. So who wants to go, I want to uh, go through you guys' music journey. So which one do you want to go first? Alex, go. you can go
1: first. I, uh, my music journey?
0: Well, well your journey. Uh, uh, let's start with the earliest musical recollection you have, please, Alex.
1: Uh, the earliest musical recollection I have is uh, probably when I was really, really young, like uh, three or four, and uh, my dad – my dad's a big fan of uh, the Beatles and you know classics like uh, Rolling Stones, and he would sit and like he'd play uh, he'd play these Beatles songs or Rolling Stone songs, but he'd change the lyrics and he'd make them funny, you know, funny for like a four year old kid or whatever. So I think that's the first time I ever saw like someone play music, and then uh,
0: you mean you mean he was playing the records and singing along, or was he playing a guitar or something?
1: Oh, he was like he was like doing his own renditions. Like he would he was playing the guitar and singing along, uh, but he would change the lyrics and he would make sure, them fun sure. and, and silly.
0: Uh, you're you're SoCal, so-, so was this in SoCal? Uh,
1: no, I grew up in uh, Boise, Idaho.
0: Boise, all right, good town. I play there almost every tour. People ask me why are you always playing in Boise. They say, look on a fucking map. <laughs> right, right between uh the northwest and Salt Lake City. Right, it's the oasis.
1: Yeah, it's the only, it's the only, it's the only place to play really out there right. in that area. Yeah, um. so,
0: but it's a good pad, and not, not far from there is Mountain Home on the yep. I eighty up there, and that's where Richard McKenna, who wrote the Sand Pebbles, me and D Boone's favorite movie. Okay, because I asked about SoCal because we had a, I came here when I was nine from Virginia, but there was a guy named Doctor Domeno, and he would ha- play, you know, like Weird Al Yankovic, like he did that shit. He'd take a song and make up funny words right yeah yeah okay so you grew up in a pad then with musical instruments
1: uh no not necessarily i mean uh, my dad had a guitar and uh that was about it Uh, i remember um when i first started showing interest in music my parents uh put me in like uh you know like classical beginning classical piano lessons and i didn't really like it because it wasn't really like the kind of music i was into like when i started getting into music i was into the like 60s uh psychedelic rock and stuff when i was really young that's kind of like the first like real musical love i had um
0: was this guitar uh, acoustic that your pop had
1: yeah he played acoustic guitar he, okay. he just, he's never had an electric guitar so, that was always my thing
0: even though the piano was foisted on you you just didn't hop on it anyway you waited until you got electric guitar
1: well i i stuck with the piano lessons for a while and I got okay. Like I can still play piano today, pretty decently. Uh, I like playing the piano a lot more than I did back then. Now, but um,
0: can can I ask you? Was it the teacher?
1: Yeah, it was definitely the teacher. So
0: many people I've had on the show, piano teachers. I don't know. Some some are good, but like the majority people are like, man, almost drove me away from music.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Uh, I, I felt that way, but I had a great guitar teacher, uh, Derek Myers and uh when I, he you know he lived in Idaho when i lived there and uh he he taught me pretty much everything i know and i had a, i had another uh, uh another teacher for piano when i was learning some kind of like uh jazz piano stuff actually when i was around in high school i like, kind of went back to the piano after a while um and i played uh, i learned this guy Justin Nielsen who still lives in Boise and uh, those two teachers uh were had a pretty profound effect on uh i guess my musicianship and kind of shaped me a, a good a one, a positive live,
0: one, know. not a negative, like, lame one. Yeah. Now, now, can I ask you, you said school. Did you do anything in school, like the marching band or choir, shit like that?
1: I did choir. I remember I was a choir kid because I, I didn't want to do sports or anything. My parents were pushing me to do stuff, so I had to do, like, I had to do, like, what, music? Because, you know, there's not, like, a whole lot of DIY things, like punk rock things going on in Boise. I mean, there were, but I wasn't really Yeah, associated. there was
0: a club because, uh, who's that guy, Paul Revere? think he was there, and he had a club that got turned into an all ages club for a little while.
1: Yeah, I was. Are you talking about Paul Revere and the yeah the, the Raiders? Yeah, and the Raiders. Yeah, that I don't. I don't think that that club was a thing when I was growing up in Boise. Oh, okay.
0: you know, yeah. I gotta tell you, I did live for about eight months in Idaho, to Pimp uh, Blackfoot, because there was a nuclear. My pop was an engine room guy with nuclear engine rooms, Navy, and they trained him there. And the, uh, right, it was right next to a place called Atomic City, which was the first town lit up by a reactor. So this, wow, this, this is early '60s, so a little before your time too. So it just came to me. Okay, so what about the shit at school or after school, where you got the basement band, the, the garage band, or a, you know, bedroom band? Did you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I really like to do. So I started doing that. I think my first, like, you know, silly garage band or whatever was when I was about. 12 or 13 and I just kind of was hanging out with my friends and we would just screw around and make noise and I always wanted to write songs and I was always like a I feel like maybe a bit more uh like I took it a bit more seriously than the other people and so I kind of that kind of permeated the rest of my projects that happened in Boise where I was like all right this is what we're doing and I, I don't know maybe I was like obsessed or I took it maybe a little too seriously and
0: but you were, you were you were already writing your own songs, so you weren't just copying shit off records like me and Dee Boone.
1: Well, I mean, I was definitely copying shit off records and calling it my own stuff. You know?
0: Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> that's pretty
1: yeah, balls. I, mean, I guess that's still what I'm a doing Jimmy now.
0: <laughs> a little Jimmy Page, little Jimmy Page.
1: No, it wasn't that bad, but. Uh...
2: <laughs> no,
0: but no, was... look, everybody's got to start somewhere, and you know, and, you know. But you're, you had the good teachers too. So, but what I'm interested in is you did start writing. Did you have a little four track or?
1: No, I never had a four track. I, I kind of missed that era. I'm only 22, so I kind of missed like the whole era where kids would grow up and they'd be like 15 years old and they get a four track and do that. I kind of regret missing it because that sounds cool. But um, I, I was, I got an audio interface when I was young, about 15, and I started just like you know, making like digital multi-track recording. kind of yeah, on my it's own. Kind of, like it's kind I of the just,
0: same thing, but a little yeah. little
1: better. <laughs> yeah.
0: A little more down the road, but it's same concept.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing. And I, I would just, you know, sit there and like overdub hundreds of guitar tracks or whatever, of me just playing like <laughs> music guitar and just do, do weird audio experiments and stuff.
0: That's so great. That's so great. Uh, I want to play here uh, No One's Home.
3: Kansas the fundamentalists fundamentalists taught me that God made man in his own image and likeness I hope he likes his dirty asshole.
0: After that Will Johnson with bricks to block the raid. Uh, Stein and her animals from Thor and Friends featuring Stein Javen Motlin. Charlie Plymouth with Fundamentals and finally Bury the Mouse. Why do we spell with a U? <laughs> Guided by Voices. Uh, April, what's your earliest music recollection?
4: Uh, mine's really funny. I'm, I'm half Filipino. So my mom's really into karaoke. Um, uh, <laughs> so some of my know. earliest, like, I didn't um, know that was musical a memories thing. are her singing, like dancing queen and like, don't cry for me, Argentina and very weird, weird stuff like that. Uh, that I think, yeah, I don't think that that's like what got me into music. Um, but... But
0: It's a memory. It's a memory. And you know what? At least she was doing it. She might have been singing along with somebody, but she was singing. Where was this?
4: I actually... So, when I was... Yeah, I was living... My my dad was in the military at the time. We lived on a military base uh, called Mandenberg in Lompoc, California. It's actually uh, the federal
0: prison. Right, right. And also, they launch rockets and stuff.
4: Yeah. So, I actually did get to see a few... A uh, few, like, I guess they were Rockets. Yeah, I, I was a kid, so I didn't really get it. But I, I did go to some <laughs> of those those events with my dad. And, uh, yeah. So, but my dad's definitely more into, like, rock and roll. Um, you know, my dad introduced me to, like, the Beastie Boys and Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and
0: Pink Floyd. Was he a and listener I, or a player or both? Uh, he,
4: both, yeah. He had a band. Um, yeah, he had a band. I never heard any of their music. He claims that he gave the tapes that he recorded to his ex-girlfriend, and he wishes he had them, but I never actually heard his music. What did he play? Um, he played guitar,
0: actually. And was there he a guitar played. in the pad with you growing up?
4: Yeah, there is a, yeah, that's that's definitely, um a big reason why I started playing stringed instruments. So, yeah, he had uh, a ton of guitars, actually. He had an acoustic. He had some bootleg pedals from Korea that, that he would get and some bootleg guitars and keyboards. So we actually did have, like, a lot of instruments around the house.
0: Did you jump on it? I did, yeah, yeah. I
4: played the keyboard for a while. Um, I did band class. I played in the drum line.
0: Oh, marching uh, band. Okay.
4: Yeah, so I played in the marching band and that was like and I played uh percussion in an orchestra uh in, when I was in Germany. Uh right. so that was kind of my my first um ex- like edu- educational experience with music was the orchestra and the marching band. I came to Texas cuz that's where I'm from, that's where I was born and that's where my family is. Uh so I got there. I auditioned, they made me audition for the band and I went from being like section leader where at my other school to where this guy had me sight reads something in like seven. And I, you know, I was not, never good at sight reading. So that was kind of my negative music teacher experience.
0: Uh, uh, seven so sounds I, like some Captain B fart.
4: Yeah. He, he was a big turd. I think um, <laughs> my, my uncle actually had him as a band instructor and he was a big turd to my uncle too.
0: Ah, maybe it uh, he's consistent behavior. You, you know, yeah. can I tell you a song that's in five? That's pretty, Yeah. That's pretty popular? Yeah. Uh, Money. Oh. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, yeah. Yeah. Is it Money
1: Ma- 7?
0: Well, what they did was they made the bass lick just five beats. <laughs> so there's no holes, so it's kind of easy to play. Right? Boom, bam, 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 boom, bam, bam you know if you fill up all the holes anyway that that look I've had to i play with some people that that time signature can get rough man It can get rough and uh make you sweat uh, yeah, totally. but, but but what did you do the garage band like alex thing uh did
4: i never yeah we never left the garage i played um i I had one friend who wanted to play music with me. Um, and at the time I was playing drums, he wanted to play drums, and I, I thought oh, this would be a cool time for me to play guitar. I've always wanted to play, like, melodic stuff. So he actually got really good at drums, um, and I started playing guitar, but we just did, like, bad metal. I <laughs> uh, wasn't really that good. Um, I didn't actually start performing until I was, like, 17, and I got asked to... I was throwing a lot of like punk rock shows in the alleyway at this punk house I lived at and I was I would DJ them. So I started actually getting asked to like DJ. So I did that for a few years. um, And then I went to Austin and did some some more like electronic music. Uh, That's kind of what I studied in school. I had a really I met a really great mentor out there. The first good music teacher I had named Mason Wiley. And he was he was really cool. He showed me a lot of really cool music, and um, yeah. So I finally like I finally kind of like found my pack when I went to Austin. when did
0: when did you jump on the bass?
4: Honestly, not very much before joining Sprain. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I played That's okay. in. A, yeah. I like playing bass. I always like playing guitar. I definitely always felt like I was more rhythmically oriented than I was like uh writing melodies and good chord progressions. Um you mean, So you're saying
0: bass is more like drums and guitar is
4: Yeah, I just felt like bass made more sense to me. So when I came to California, I played with some friends. You know, we played some like punk covers and then um Oh, Ulrich Krieger, who kind of, like, mentored Alex and I at different times, um, he plays saxophone. He's played with, like, Lou Reed and Lee Ronaldo. He's a really great musician and composer. And he, like, uh, even though I play synthesizer at the time primarily, um, he really needed a basis for this metal orchestra. So I played in that, and Alex went to one of those shows
0: a metal orchestra.
4: Yeah. it is cool. He, he wrote I like, remember there was a
0: Deep Purple record where they played with an orchestra in the yeah. 60s. But this was an orchestra set up to play heavy metal music?
4: Yeah, it was. And it, it, was, it was wild. It had, we had like, you know, at least like seven guitar players. We had bassoons. We had jello. Oh, oh, we had everything. So yeah, Ulrich, I think he's still working on the recordings. Like it's it's from a long time ago, but... Um, eventually he's going to piece this together and release it. You ever, just... you ever hear it at Glen Branca? Yeah. yeah
0: I, Glenn I was in a more... piece. He did Hallucination City, his 13th Symphony here, SoCal, and there were 64 guitar, 20 basses, and one drummer. And I sat next to the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the <laughs> guitar guys were, all had B-strings. <laughs> That's
4: amazing.
0: <laughs> it was it was at the Disney music, you know, with the Explode French fry organ thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, th- did you guys get to perform? Uh, you, you said Ulrich is still working on the tape, so you guys recorded, but did you do gigs?
4: We didn't. We only did a few. Um, well, we only did a few performances at the the at at school. That's we met him because I was studying with him, and so we only actually did that. We never got to. Take it beyond that. There's so many musicians in that. Right, that. but you
0: said Alex saw saw a performance or something.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was coming up on acid, and I watched April <laughs> do this this performance, and that's when I decided, hey, maybe we should try and play music. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think yeah. of the
0: uh, the band name right away?
1: No, no. the band name became, it came. It
0: was texted hard. me
4: for a few weeks, just sending me like one word names. And yeah. I was like, sure. Like, I kind of thought, I re- I mean, like, Alex doesn't like it when I say this, but, I mean, I'm just not that experienced of a basis. And in a city like L.A., there's just so many people that could probably do it. Um, so I was like, yeah, whatever you think. Like, I kind of just thought I'd be here until he found, you know, an actual basis. <laughs> but so Alex came up with the name. It's a great
0: thing that. about, uh, we're at the end of the first hour, but I'll tell you my theory about why. Somebody brand new to bass can be great at it. Uh, we're at the end of August nine. No, it ain't August. October 9th, 2020. This Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. October 9th, 2020. It's the second hour of the watch for Pedro Show. <laughs>
5: we all you can say Those happy Hollywood endings Real life doesn't work that way
6: Dismissed. 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 Your opinion dismissed. carries no weight, so do not be perplexed Your dismissed. boss doesn't love you; they just want the sex. Your butt.
0: For Peter's show, started off the second hour with uh, Sprain doing Worship House. Maybe different than the punk house you grew up in April. Now, here's my theory about, let me tell you what we played after that with Sam Bennett with Life Just Ain't Fair, Just Isn't Fair. This guy speaks good English. Samuel Lock Ward with D-I-S-M-I-S-S-E-D. Control Your Crime from Peace Creep. a Blue Coop, that's a... Bass from Blue Oyster Cult, baseman from Alice Cooper with the drummer of Blue Oyster Cult. Like right? Blue Coop, like Blue Oyster Cult, Alice Cooper. Yeah. And then spraying with the uh, snowing, which is total California <laughs> SoCal not really. Probably more in uh, Idaho. On the prairie there, I've I've been caught in some snow. Actually on the east side of the state trying to get in to Montana, come up through Idaho Falls. I was smelling so much asbestos from the truck, the brake line and from the trucks. I called the promoter I'll come back next spring because well I I brushed up you know the boat was slipping around so I brushed off the powder and it was about nine inches to the asphalt. It was like a huge thick thing of ice. So, yeah, I ran away. He called me a coward and shit. Oh. Uh-huh. I don't care. I ran away to work bass another day. Anyway, the thing about bass is the more notes you play, the smaller you get. So it's always a search for the right notes. So when you're just learning, you're playing fewer notes and you can actually make that. Stanley Clark, I just read somewhere, anybody can do a bass solo it's, it's really hard to write a good bass line. And that's because of the physics the wavelengths are so big. And no, you know humans, the more they do something, the more and more of it they do. So we actually shoot ourselves in the foot. And so that's why somebody just starting on bass can really do uh, great bass. Who was the lady in uh, Talking Heads? I think she learned on the job and heard really good uh, parts. Paul McCartney had to switch over, right, when the guy quit. And don't, don't knock it. The bass is... It's still fine in itself, uh, and uh, I mean we all owe James Jamerson, but all of us can contribute. So don't worry about April. You weren't you 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 felt like you were like a place marker in the in the in the book of Alex Rock.
1: No, <laughs> no, don't. I didn't. Don't, I didn't that's really. Not, let's not i did not i did not let us not let us not do that narrative. That's not true <laughs> at all. Okay.
0: No, okay. Alex has
4: always been super. Alex has always been super cool to play with. It ended up working out much more long-term, uh, in comparison to me playing with other Well, let's talk
0: about the band getting together. So you two were the first two members, because you end up with four people, right? Yeah. So what happens?
4: So Alex just had, like, he'd been recording a lot of music on his own. He already had, like, the EP he had already written, for the most part. I, I came in and did a few things, but for the most part, it was already good to go, um, I started helping because I primarily am an audio engineer, so like we didn't really plan for me to do vocals on the EP, it just just sort of ended up happening, um, just to add more to already like a simple idea. Um, So that's kind of how it started, but we just,
0: we both- um, So, So it was kind of a recording project before you ever did a gig, are you saying that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So when did you get the other two cats?
1: When we started getting gigs.
0: <laughs> oh, makes sense. What was the first spring gig like?
1: Horrible. It was a mess. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, well, we, we played with another drummer, and uh, we didn't get along super well musically. Uh, so we we ended up playing with, with them for a while, but uh, part of ways... And those gigs were very different from the ones we play now because now things are pretty well rehearsed and the songs are, you know, a lot more ambitious. And uh, You're destruct- saying that
0: first gig was like not enough practice?
1: Yeah, I was just like, yeah, we're playing so slowly. Wait, what,
4: is, what was the first gig? Was it at CIA?
1: Yeah, it might have been at the CIA. I think
4: that was their first show. Yeah.
1: But it was like, it was kind of like a, you know, it was, it was a band's first gig. We weren't one of the bands who was like, all right, we're going to practice for a year and then we're going to play shows. We were like, all right, we got a couple of songs. Let's do it. Let's yeah. play a show.
0: Balls out. My, I, yeah. I, Alex, I ask everybody this because I'm always interest, interested. My, my, You know, my first gigs were fucking pants shitters. <laughs> I, I choked like a big dog. So uh, I, I want to play anything here.
2: any time Even when
7: I disconnect the line To visit shadows are so unkind
0: show. Here we go. Uh, Spray him with anything. Then Jim Q, uh, something extra. Uh, Grex gone. Grex is people from the Philippines. Great guitar man. He lives up in Oaktown. Yeah. Uh, his name's Carl Evangelista. Yeah. Incredible cat. Uh, she's an organism. A pussycat in the Dirty Johnsons from England. low a screwdriver. They were on the show last month. From They're, they're from Oaktown. Surfing Soviet. And bullets over balloon, or balloons. Offensive words. Now, these guys are of Spokaneistan, So sometimes I will play there right on the way to Boise between uh, Seattle. So there is a kind of a way station, but still Boise is the main connect between Salt Lake and the Northwest. So people, if you're always wondering why I'm always playing there every tour, look at a fucking map. So uh, so you you had to switch out drummers. uh, But isn't there another cat? Is it a four-piece?
1: yeah alex uh alex simmons plays extra guitar and uh i think that when the the band like on that first ep you know you, you've been playing some of the the stuff off that first ep it kind of sounded a little bit more like that it was like a little bit like we we're still kind of finding what we could do as a band but then you know the record that just came out is kind of like a demonstration of us like incorporating these other two members max presser on drums and alexander simmons on guitar so there's a lot more like guitar interplay and the drums are are you know there's a lot the max is doing on the drums that we couldn't do before especially in regards to how slowly he can play and how how you know uh, how much stamina he has he can play big like 15 minute long songs if we need him to
0: but that's interesting because people don't realize that playing slow is actually difficult to keep it grooving right
1: yeah, it's oh, really? way harder than playing fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've tried to tell people that. Uh, <laughs> why do you think Jazz Fusion's going a million miles an hour? You can't hear the clamps. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, too, about the material, because like April was saying, the first stuff you developed all on your own, and then you showed it to the... Uh, were these cats involved a little more?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a lot more of a group project. It's usually like... I usually say that I have the impetus to like come up with a part or two and then we are all arrange it together and it, it becomes something that didn't doesn't resemble initially what I had uh, thought of or, or how I wanted something to sound, but it, it becomes something manifested physically as, as you know, a group project. And that's, that's where the, that's where the real art of it is. And that's where the collaboration is. So all those songs are very collaborative and, and they're all written. You know, everyone writes their own parts for the most part, and uh, but they're all kind of based around a singular idea or two that one person brings in to like the space.
0: You're saying you provide like the launch pad, the springboard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So you haven't really realized it. it's just something that everybody can like get on board and start riding. Yeah, okay. Uh, that that that's. That's a lot. Of how I compose, even though I do it on the bass, I never want it realized because you, when you bring the other cats in, they got ideas, right? Yeah. Now some people compose on the guitar or, or the keyboard, right? Because all harmonically, you can really set up the song. But by using the bass guitar, it's kind of empty. Some guys, it's too much for them. Like, right? what the fuck? What? Why not write it on the cymbals or kick drum? <laughs> <laughs> But other cats, like Nels, they're like, man, because it's freedom, right? It's a lot of open space. So so for um, the other Alex here, uh, yeah, that's another uh, interesting thing, too, with the two guitars, you know, uh, counterpoint, or do you, like, you know, jump on the same thing? Or
1: Yeah, I think How when we write that dialogue. Those guitar parts are very, like uh... – I feel like they're very uh, like we're trying to. The, the thing we say when, we, when we're writing together is make it sound like one part yeah. that's impossible to play by one person. So they're they're often like kind of like interwoven uh, parts that complement each other, but they don't take away from each other. Like I we, we like that band Palvo a lot. Oh yeah, uh, the way they the way those guys like write their guitar parts has been really inspiring. I remember too. those
0: cats? Yeah. What
1: was his yeah, name? They're, they're,
0: uh, Ash. Ash. Ash Bowie.
1: Yeah, Ash Bowie. We I did uh, some
0: gigs with them. I mean, we're, we're talking like 25. Oh, they got back together, though. But they, they're, they're from a while ago. Seemed like they had a lot of Sonic Youth uh, influence. Yeah. Good guys, good guys. I think is actually a disease that dogs get, like mange.
1: I thought it meant octopus or sex in Spanish and popo,
0: Portuguese. popo, popo espanol octopus right uh, we're at the yeah. end of the second hour uh, October 9 2020 edition Watt Pedro show special guest Spring. we'll type for hour three October 9 2020 it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show
5: I do my part by not feeling spiders I'm entertained
2: by the drawing of pain accepting kisses from strangers
5: my crush crushes all my good intentions. The amount of people born and dying each day should make you question your
2: importance. And after all the stupid tasks of each and every day, I get rewarded by having time.
1: 90s 90s uh, underground hardcore rock or whatever.
4: Simmons was saying they take a lot of inspiration from gamelan.
1: Yeah. Well,
5: gamelan.
4: Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a traditional music that comes, comes from Indonesia.
0: Oh yeah, I know. It's kind of a uh, bells with notes. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful stuff. Uh, I should tell people, we started Third Hour off with of Deliver Us. This is one of your big kind of symphonic babies and then we had crane do joke comes a lot uh something like you know deliver us and then uh yeah my way out and this is this is like more contemporary of you guys right
1: uh as in as in recent like our most recent stuff yeah 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 the the deliver us song that song's off the old ep from from 2018, but I think that song is like the the one that kind of hints towards the new direction the most. Yeah, it's that. like
4: the gateway drug.
1: Yeah, it's and fun. my way out is is off our most recent LP. It came out uh, okay. in September.
0: Okay, my my timeline old, being 2018. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, what about the new record? Where was it recorded?
7: It
1: when it was it 2019 it was recorded no. over where, the period uh, of I'd say about four or five months from no, 2019 no, uh, I, I,
0: you, I didn't make myself clear where <laughs> oh where
4: the cave um our friend Josiah recorded it um and where's, the where's the cave where's the cave? Off San, it's in San. It's like off San Fernando, close to Atwater area.
1: Yeah, it's very close to Atwater, off San Fernando, right by uh, Fletcher Street. I used to live down there, so kind of the area, pretty okay. well. Okay. But yeah, he has, he's got this like little uh, practice space converted into a studio kind of vibe, and really cool guy, nicest guy in the world. So he's
0: definitely the nicest person. Was he a big part of the record, like producer kind of dude? He didn't really produce, um,
4: but he was incredibly flexible. Like we have tons of guitar noise stuff, and he just sat through it with a smile. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the band sort of um, produced it together, mainly Alex um, and yeah. But Josiah was really, really, really flexible. He just he wanted to just do what we wanted. So I think that was a really great thing about working with him.
0: And, yeah, and did you go, I mean, did you go into the studio with more stuff than you needed?
4: Yes, actually, we recorded a song that didn't make the the album because it won't it won't fit sure. on a sure. LP, but it was still good. It worked out. Like we, I, we, I feel you gotta like let
0: people know about that because there's kind of limit. If you go over twenty minutes on a side, the bass really suffers. Yeah, totally. So we can't have that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But. There's nothing like the w- way of vinyl sounds, but people got to understand they're not exactly like CDs. You can't no. really go over 20 minutes. And with the seven inch, you can't really go over four minutes without really the bass taking a hit because pe- uh, people don't realize it, but the up and down is actually the stereo. The, 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 the left and right is the uh, amplitude, you know, the loudness. And that's why when you're mastering, they actually mono the bass 100 hertz and down, so you're not asking the stylus to do all kinds of trippy-ass calisthenics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you guys have more, more than enough. I want to play my way out. show last music for this edition my way out from sprain and the to from out in the joshua tree heaven channel season two album eight part two actually in this uh, lockdown quick quarantino uh, since march 18 albums so i want to hear anybody talking about how they're bored man get composing and recording people that's one good thing about these days you know it's not all bad new days we can record really much more econo than the old days, and and, and uh, quicker. And so, so, so tell me about th- these songs, "My Way Out" and everything.
4: Those are my favorite on the on the new record for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I really think that uh, Alex's vocal performance on "My Way Out" like we went outside to smoke some weed. we were like, "Your problem. You're doing vocals later." We came back in, and I was super. I mean. I was just super high, and I just started laughing when I heard the vocal take. Like, he did he did it so quickly, and it was, like, to me, I thought it was, like, brilliant. So I was just laughing, like, because I thought it was just so good. That was my reaction to it.
0: You know, sometimes if you just let the freak flag fly, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You don't overthink it and stuff. Uh, where can yeah. you, where can people find you guys on the internet?
4: We ha- we're everywhere on the internet, unfortunately. Well, do you uh, have
0: your own? Do you have your own website?
4: We don't. We just have Bandcamp. We're just brain.bandcamp. Okay, okay. Bandcamp. We have. Um, but down the road, okay.
0: you're going to get your own website, right? Because that's like having your own fucking fanzine.
4: Yeah, I like. I mean, I I have my own website. Myself for my own stuff, but yeah, I've been wanting to get one for spring. Um, I mean, I'm not well, trying, I'm
0: not uh, saying it's wrong to put like flyers up on other people's telephone poles, but when you have a place where there's no gatekeeper, you know, no filter,
4: yeah, yeah, that was how, that was how it was before the internet sucked. Everyone used to just have their own website before they had to have a Facebook or had to have an Instagram.
0: Yeah, well, you still—I still think it's a good thing because to me, it's a, an analogy to the fanzine. Of course, you can find spraying at the Flenser website. That's t h e f l e n s e r dot com. Great label, lots of good music there. What about you? Said you had one song. Was it a big one that was left over?
4: It wasn't. It wasn't that long of a song, um, but it just didn't really fit the style. It was actually supposed to go on the uh, first EP that we put out and it just, it should have been on that EP and it just did. We, you know, it just didn't fit this new record. Yeah. So it's appropriate to just. Well,
0: right now no gig. So are you guys planning on recording some more? I hope so. We have a
4: fair amount of new material, maybe almost a whole new record. Wow.
1: Yeah. We've been writing a lot and, uh, we've been talking about, uh, record's not done but uh we've been talking about getting in the studio because you know like uh i think with the last record we did uh as lost through collision with that record a lot of those songs had kind of incubated for such a long period that when we went into the studio tiny tiny bit of like the energy or the fire from like getting excited about new stuff and writing new stuff was gone and i felt like that kind of like translated into the recordings a bit too much for my liking so i think that you know while these songs are kind of fresh and just ready to go. We might as well record them. Uh, no concrete plans yet, but we'll, we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Well, when you do, when you come back on the show, we can play it and talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. I'd love to come back.
0: Yeah. That, that, that would be bitching. I mean, because, like I said, in the meantime, there's no gigs. But who knows? Maybe soon. But there's nothing like a re- – you know, in the old days, we made recordings to get people to come to gigs. They were like f- part of the flyers. Yeah. But now I, I look at them as, no, those are works. Because when you're gone, it, you know, they're like your little tombstones. So, uh, yeah, a whole different thing when I was first doing this uh, kind of thing. So I'm, I'm really curious, and I'm really honored to have you on the show. Uh, thanks so much. And, the honor uh, is all, of, it's all ours. Thank you so much for having us. And also, I, I love the way, you know, your, un- your sound is uncompromising. Thank you for doing that, because... We need we need bold motherfuckers. <laughs> we need fear. Oh, I, maybe that sounds belligerent, but we need, we need fiercely uh, inventive people. I think right now.
1: Well, th- thank you, Mike. That that really means a lot coming from you. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, thank you for having us on your show. It's been a, it's been a true honor.
0: Okay, right back, people. It's been the October 9, twenty twenty, Dishwap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.